thank you for joining we are going after the one where we're leaving the 99 and going after that one lost person maybe today you are that lost person so stay tuned and be encouraged do you feel lost and alone and all by yourself well hey you are not alone we are here with you thanks for joining i'm matthew j parker your host you know, as you probably have been listening over the last few sessions, you know, our, our theme for our podcast is all that. It's always been going after the one. And so I thought, you know what, let's look at where we got that theme from. And so if you're familiar at all with the parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son, you know, we kind of modeled our podcast after the lost sheep, you know, and if you're not familiar with it, we are going to go through those today. And so let's uh, join in and see where we go. So we're going to be reading from these parables. These three parables are found in the book of Luke. And so I am reading from the message just because, you know, it just it gives a little bit more flavor to the parable. It doesn't take away from it. It doesn't add unnecessary things. It just makes it kind of more able to understand it, so to speak, you know, because I'm not a deep theological person, and so I don't need to, like, really break down Greek and all that. And so we are just going to read from the message. And so kind of laying the groundwork, we are just going to start in the beginning. So verse 1, it says, by the time, this is Luke 15, verse 1, by this time, a lot of men and women of questionable reputation were hanging around Jesus. Listening intently, the Pharisees and religious scholars were not pleased, not at all pleased, they growled, he takes in sinners and eats meals with them, treating them like old friends. Their grumbling triggered this story. And this is Jesus asking, and he says, suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and lost one. Wouldn't you leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after that lost one until you found it? And when found, you can be sure that you would put it across your shoulders, rejoicing. And when you got home, call in your friends and neighbors saying, celebrate with me. I found my lost sheep. Count on it. There's more joy in heaven over one sinner's rescued life than over 99 good people and no need of a rescue. That's kind of our our foundation, our theme, our purpose for going after the one is just, you know, kind of feeling like, you know what, there might be a lost person out there, someone that has maybe drifted away or just feeling like, you know what, what's my purpose? I'm just wandering around like a lost sheep. And we are modeling after Jesus, you know, in that parable saying, you know what, we're going to go after that one person. And I get it. Sometimes, even myself, I struggle with feeling lost and just not knowing what I'm doing, where I'm going. You know, even this very podcast this week, you know, I struggled just to get it recorded. You know, I'm actually late. I usually try to get them ready and released by midnight on Friday. Here it is the middle of Friday morning. And I still haven't had it released, you know, and it just felt like the wind in my sail just disappeared and I'm just kind of floating around lost. And so I thought, you know what, let's talk about lost things. And so if you continue on with these parables, Jesus talks about, you know, how there is a the story of the lost coin. And it says in verse eight, it says, or imagine a woman who has 10 coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and scour the house looking for in every nook and cranny until she finds it? And when she finds it, you can be sure she'll she'll call her friends and neighbors. Celebrate with me. I found my lost coin. 
count on it. That's the kind of party God's angels throw every time one lost soul turns to God. And so that that is just another amazing parable, you know. And here we have more of a tangible thing, you know, not so much uh, another animal, another creature, another living being. Here we have a coin, you know, money, and here she's lost it. And, you know, sometimes, you know, when we lose things, we just kind of mark them off as, you know what, they are gone. But here this story, you know, this lady, she had the determination, like, she's like, I know this coin is in this house somewhere, and I'm going to find it. It's kind of like that spring cleaning that my mother would always make my brother and I do every spring. We just pretty much clean the whole house top to bottom, move everything. It was so, so much fun. Yeah, right. And so... But that's kind of what she did, man. She she moved everything to find that last coin because she was determined to find it. And so, you know, how many times do we have that determination or do we lose that determination knowing that, you know what, I still got the nine. You know, that like that shepherd with the lost sheep, you know, he could have been like, you know what, I got 99. Who cares about the one? That one wandered away. That coin rolled away. But I got the majority, you know, I'm good, you know, but in each parable, each story, Jesus emphasizes how the shepherd or the lady, they went and they searched and they searched and they didn't give up until they found it. And then moving on to the third parable, this one is probably the most impactful for a lot of people. And this is the story of the lost son. Sometimes it's referred to as the prodigal son. But there's so many aspects and, and points to this story that it goes beyond just one person. And starting in verse 11, it says, And then he said, There was once a man who had two sons. The younger said to his father, Father, I want right now what's coming to me. And so he's talking about his inheritance, you know. And so, you know, in that time, the fathers, you know, they would leave stuff for their children when they passed on. And so and he's like, but I don't want to wait for you to die. I want you to just give it to me now. And so the says the father divided the property between them. And it wasn't long before the younger son packed his bags and left for a distant country. And there, undisciplined and dissipated, he wasted everything he had. After he had gone through all his money, there was a bad famine all through the country and he began to feel it. He signed on with a citizen there who assigned him to his fields to slop the pigs. So in other words, if you're, you know, one of those city folks, uh, pretty much he's, he got hired on to feed the pigs. And so he was so hungry, though, he would have eaten the corn cobs and the pig slop, but no one would give him any. That brought him to his senses. He said, all those farmhands working for my father sit down to three meals a day. And here I am starving to death. I'm going back to my father. I'll say to him, Father, I have sinned against God. I have sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son. Take me as a hired hand. And he got right up and went home to his father. You know, here he was realizing, you know what? I'm at the my end's wits. I'm at the, the bottom, you know, rock bottom. I mean, he, he's so hungry, he's looking at pig slop, which was probably rotten, fermented food, corn cobs, you know, because pigs will eat anything. And so if you're, imagine how hungry you'd have to be to eat food that pigs would eat. I mean, pigs would eat rotten food. I mean, just, they just eat nasty stuff. And so here he's like, you know what? 
I would eat it if someone offered it to me. And then he's like, he had that that light bulb moment that, uh-huh, yes, that's what it is. Here he realized that, you know what? I can go work for my father. I don't deserve to be called his son again because I was stupid with his money. I pretty much was like, you know what? I wish you were dead so I can get my money now. So can you just give me my money? And so he got his money and then was like, he went off and he spent it. I mean, how many kids have done that where, you know, they get their birthday money or the Christmas money or any money in general and they just blow it. I mean, it said that he, let's see, where to go? They're undisciplined and dissipated, son. You know, pretty much he did not know what he was doing with money. He did not have Dave Ramsey's, you know, baby steps, all that. He just took his money and he partied and he spent it all. He probably, you know, bought the latest and greatest smartphone and, you know, probably went to Gucci and got himself some backpacks or something. I don't know what Gucci sells, but I hear the name. You know, he probably went and got all the name brand clothing, probably was like, hey, I want the sleekest garments on my body, you know. I want like 6,000 thread count Egyptian cotton. Like, I want the finest stuff. And here he just spent all his money. And so, I mean, I can kind of relate to that because when I was young, um, my parents didn't give me a bunch of money because I never asked for it or whatever. But, uh, you know, when I would get jobs and make money, I would spend it about as fast as I could make it because I'm always like, hey, I can always make more until I realized I was spending more than I was making and just digging myself a hole. And then I had to kind of follow Dave Ramsey's financial advice to get out of that hole. But anyways, moving on back to the story. And so here he is, you know, he uh, realized that, hey, if I just go work for my dad, I won't starve to death. I'll just be a servant, be another worker, farmhand, but at least I'll get some food. And so verse 20, it says, when he was still a long way off, his father saw him. His heart pounding, he ran out and embraced him and kissed him. The son started his speech. Father, I have sinned against God. I have sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son ever again. But the father wasn't listening. He was calling out to his servants, quick, bring a clean set of clothes and dress him. Put the family ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Then get, then get a prize-winning heifer and roast it. We're going to feast. We're going to have a wonderful time. My son is here, given up for dead and now alive. Given up for lost and now found. And they began to have a wonderful time. And so, I, I love how Jesus, when you know, he's telling this parable, he's drawing this picture like, here we have this son realizing that he messed up, but yet he's, he's willing to admit it. He's humbling himself before his father saying, you know what? Dad, I've sinned before God and I've sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son. And I love the dad's reaction. You know, how he was just pretty much he ignored all the nonsense that his son was saying and just was like, you know what? My boy is back. Let's get him a new clothes because he probably smelt like a pig, probably looked like a pig. And so he's like, let's dress him. Let's bathe him. Let's put some shoes on him. But I love how he said, put the family ring on his finger. And so, he, you know, that was the symbol back then to say, you know what? I'm part of this family, you know, kind of how, you know, sometimes you'd see the knights in the movies, you know, they'd have their big flags with their big logo on it or symbol back then. They didn't call them logos back then, but 
you know, here you had that ring, a symbol that, hey, he is part of this family again. And so, and it says that at this time, his older son was out in the field. When the day's work was done, he came in and as he approached the house, he heard the music and dancing. Calling over one of the houseboys, he asked, what was going on? He told him, your brother came home. Your father has ordered a feast, barbecued beef. That sounds amazing. Um, Maybe one of my brothers should take off for a little while so we can have a barbecue, you know, just because they came back. So uh, if you're listening, brothers, why don't you uh, run away for a little bit so we can have a barbecue when you come back? All right. Your father has ordered a feast, barbecued beef, because he has him home safe and sound. And so in 28, it says the older brother stomped off in an angry sulk and refused to join in. And it says his father came out and tried to talk to him, but he wouldn't listen. The son said, look, how many years have I stayed here serving you, never giving you one moment of grief, but have you ever thrown a party for me and my friends? Then his son, this, then this son of yours who has thrown away your, your money on whores shows up and you go all out with a feast. And it says his father said, son, you don't understand. You're with me all the time and everything that is mine is yours. But this is a wonderful time, and we had to celebrate. Your brother of yours was dead, and he's alive. He was lost, and he's found. And so and here we have all these different angles that we're looking at. I mean, you could look at it through how uh, sometimes maybe we feel like that son, you know, that lost son, the, the youngest, where, you know, we just made decisions that ended up isolating us, you know, leaving us, you know, whether it maybe mentally or spiritually or even physically, starving, homeless, or all that, to realize, you know what? We're here because of our choices. And he had to make that choice to realize, you know what? I messed up. I need to own it. And I need to go back and make amends. You know, and how many times are we stuck on, maybe we don't want to own it. Maybe we feel like, you know what? We're in this situation because of, you know, A, B, or C. And so, you know, maybe we feel like, you know, hey, we're the lost son because we were pushed out of the house. Here's some money, just go away. Versus how it happened where he said, you know what? I want my inheritance now so I can go live the life that I've been dreaming of. Even that's my struggle too, is to admit that, you know, sometimes I'm in the predicament that I'm in is because of my choices. You know, and I love the, you know, the angle of the father where he just ignores the fact that, you know what, the son doesn't even feel worthy enough to be called a son anymore. And he doesn't even acknowledge that statement because he's already planning like, hey, go get him a nice coat, go get him sandals, get him the family ring so he can claim to be part of this family again, because he is my son, you know, and or how many times are we like the older brother where You know, we feel like, you know, we've been working our tails off day in and day out, and we got nothing. We don't get a party for our friends or nothing. But, you know, a little brother shows up after wasting all that money and making everybody look like a fool, and we throw a big party. You know, how many times do we get upset and be like, well, what about me? And how many times do we get stuck in the comparison trap? I feel like the comparison trap has gotten so much bigger over the last few years with social media and everything because we're constantly comparing 
what others are posting to what we have. You know, I, I know my wife, she's always telling me, uh, talking to me about contentment. Be content, you know, and I keep telling her I'm content, but I'm also content with wanting nicer things. And she never laughs at my jokes or anything when it comes to that. But yet, how often are we like the big brother where we compare what someone else is experiencing to how we've been experiencing things and complain, well, that's not fair, you know, and and I like, you know, I had a buddy of mine, he would always, he had that saying, like, life is full of disappointments. And so and I would start telling that to people be like, well, sometimes, you know, life's full of disappointments. And so with these parables, you know, there there's a lost theme, but yet there's hope after each parable. You know, whether, you know, we're seeking out something that is lost, you know, like the shepherd going high and low, searching for that sheep. And the sheep was found. But if you look at all three parables, there's three things that always happen in these parables. First thing, something gets lost. And the second thing is, there's always a celebration when they're found. You know, the father, he didn't necessarily go after the lost son, but yet the lost son realized his mistakes. You know, the the, she- the sheep probably, you know, they're probably not real smart. So it probably came to its senses like, hey, I'm lost. I'm just wandering around, but I'm not smart enough to realize how do I get back. So it was glad to see the shepherd, I'm sure, but yet the son realized that he had messed up. And so and if, if that is you and you feel like, you know what, I'm lost. I want you to, to take these to heart and be like, you know what, and realize that there is people out there that are searching for you. You know, whether it's, you know, your friends, your family, us or anybody so you don't have to feel lost. Or maybe you realize need to realize, you know what? I need to go and make amends. I made decisions that put me in this position where, you know what? I am dealing with pig slop. Imagine how much humility it took for that son to go back to his father and realize, you know what? I messed up. Everything you entrusted to me, I wasted away. We know his big brother, he kept track of everything he wasted away, you know, because he he even explained like, well, my brother wasted his money on this. He did that. And so if you know someone that is lost, one, let's let's be like the, the woman with the lost coin or the shepherd or even the father. Let's not look down on them. Let's search them out. Let's find them. But yet, you know what? Let's overlook someone's shortcomings. Because we've all sinned. We've all fallen short. And that's why Jesus was there. That's why, you know, I love how they started this chapter out. You know, let me get back there. And it says, by this time, a lot of men and women of questionable reputation were hanging around Jesus, listening intently. And that drove the Pharisees and religious scholars were not pleased. You know, and that is just crazy to think like, Here we have Jesus sitting with these people, these lost people, the church people of the time were not pleased. Why weren't they sitting at Jesus' feet listening intently, but instead they're grumbling about the people that are sitting next to him or who are sitting in the the aisle? So I want to challenge you, you know what? Let's be like Jesus. Let's go after that one lost person. Let's welcome that person that has came back and just ignore the fact that, you know what? They screwed up. Let's forgive them. Let's love them. 
Let's put that family ring back on their finger. So, hey, I hope that this helped you, this challenged you, and I hope that you were able to realize that, you know what? I'm not lost. God is there every step of the way. And so, hey, have a wonderful week. We will see you later. Thanks for tuning into our episode. You can connect with us at our website at wearegoingafterthewan.com, where you can also connect with our social platforms. Thanks and have a blessed day.